Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 45 of Impact Boom. My name is Tom Allen. I'm the director of Seven Positive, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Peter Holbrook. Peter Holbrook became CEO of Social Enterprise UK in January 2010. Social Enterprise UK is the national trade body for social enterprise and represents a wide range of social enterprises, regional and national support networks, and other related organisations. Social Enterprise UK works to promote social enterprise as a model for changing both business and society. Social Enterprise UK inform the policy agenda, continue to influence the political agenda, promote the benefits of social enterprise through the media, campaigns and events, and undertake research to expand the social enterprise evidence base. Peter has established, developed and supported hundreds of diverse social enterprises over his career. He's advised government task forces in the UK and overseas and chaired the Social Enterprise World Forum the global network of social businesses until 2015. Peter's previously worked for Oxfam, Greenpeace and various disability charities. He has experience of working in overseas development, community development and public health. And Peter started his career with Marks and Spencer and also spent several years with Body Shop International. And in 2015, he was appointed a CBE. So in today's podcast, we'll discuss Peter's views on the current state of the social enterprise sector in the United Kingdom. We'll get Peter's insights and perspective on social innovation, and we'll hear where Peter believes there are strong opportunities for organisations and governments to create positive social change. Peter, thank you very much for joining us. It's great to be here. Peter, to kick things off, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to work in the social enterprise sector? Uh, yeah, sure. Like, I guess everyone, you know, when you think about a career and you think about getting a job, a lot of people end up working in the private sector for someone else. And, yeah. and I did that. I worked for some some large British companies, British companies that I think had uh, a, a, some sort of social commitment. And mm. both of those companies uh, at different stages uh, ended up going to full IPO uh, and becoming full international, you know, PLCs, if you yeah. like. And and I saw that as the ownership structures changed hands, that, that some of the values that had been inherent by the founders uh, kind of dissipated and quite quickly. Um, and that, that didn't sit well with me. And I mm. decided I wanted to, 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 to have a more purposeful career. So I moved into the, uh, the voluntary sector to work for a couple of charities. Uh, my reflection there, and I'm sure that they've changed, was that, you know, they, they were very socially committed, but they didn't necessarily enable kind of a spirit of enterprise and entrepreneurship to, to flourish. Mm. And so uh, back in about 2000, I guess, uh, I went and uh, started my own initiative, which in effect was uh, a, a charity. But I wanted to bring some of those uh, com- kind of commercial skills to bear. And uh, for a variety of reasons, partly because funding is difficult to navigate and acquire, I ended up running businesses that were principally 
socially focused mm. and uh, working with people with learning disabilities, young people coming out of prison, a lot of people from diverse backgrounds that for whatever reason, you know, had many, many challenges in terms of escaping poverty and accessing good quality jobs. Yeah. I, I did that for a few years and, uh, you know, I, someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, what this is, is a social enterprise uh, and mm. you're a social entrepreneur and they were kind of new terms to me. As my company grew and grew and we diversified into different business areas, uh, we got a bit of uh, kind of good publicity, uh, press interest, political interest. Yeah. And uh, then I kind of did become aware of social enterprise, of social entrepreneurship. And uh, seven, eight years ago, someone uh, come, come, came to me and said, you know, how about running Social Enterprise UK, the national body, and being an advocate for the whole sector. Mm. So uh, I transferred Sunlight into a, a charitable structure to protect its integrity as much as I could. Yep. And took up the helm at SEUK. Wow, it sounds like a really rewarding career today, Peter. So exhausting, in... Tom. Exhausting career. <laughs> I'm sure it has been. So we mentioned a little bit about the purpose of Social Enterprise UK in the intro there. So what projects have you and the team recently been working on? So we uh, have a, a network of, I think, just some incredibly dynamic, inspiring uh, businesses, uh, far better than I ever, I ever achieved when I was uh, setting my own up. And it's an incredible privilege to work with these businesses. And, and what we see is this very kind of dynamic energy and a huge number of micro businesses starting up with a, with a social purpose, an inherent social mission. The reason they exist is to, to make a positive difference in the world. Mm. And so we at Social Enterprise UK spend all of our time really trying to build markets and find customers for these businesses because that's the best way that we think we can help them. And so we work across the public sector and across government to try and ensure that they uh, are creating an environment where those businesses can be commissioned directly by government or by other parts of the, the state apparatus, yep. governments, local councils, parts of our National Health Service. Also with large corporates, trying to get corporates to understand the power of social enterprise and, and get them in their supply chains and value chains. Mm. And then thirdly, reach out to consumers and, and say that you know, every time you spend money, uh, you're casting a vote for the sort of world you want to live in and trying to get consumers to understand the difference they can make by the purchases and the choices they make as consumers. Mm. And so uh, last night, the reason why I'm looking tired is we had a press launch for one of our flagship events, which is called Social Saturday. Um, uh, and we had the press and some of our social enterprise members talking to the press about their stories, about the way their business is structured, the yep. way their businesses work in order to make a, a big social impact. Mm. Um, that's one of our big campaigns. That's very much focused on consumers. The day before yesterday, uh, we had a whole day in Parliament talking to politicians, our all-party parliamentary group uh, held in the Palace of Westminster, uh, talking to politicians about the changes politicians can make to make uh, social enterprise an easier career choice and fulfil a bigger role in the economy. Um, and then earlier, still this week, we were you know, hosting a number of big corporations, international PLCs, and exploring with their procurement teams about how they can integrate social businesses into their value chains. And we run another flagship campaign called the Buy Social Corporate Challenge. And we've got about uh, 15 companies uh, that are huge, mm. uh, that have made a commitment to spend a billion pounds uh, with our members uh, over the next three years. It sounds like some really fulfilling work and some great projects there. So how have you seen the social enterprise sector transform and change over the last five years or so, and where do you see it heading? Well, 
there's been um, a lot of challenges within the UK economy over the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. Uh, and that's meant that social enterprises used to fulfil a, a, a big role, and they still do, in the delivery of services to the public. But those markets have become very difficult for everybody. And so what we've seen is this huge, huge shift, really, from social enterprises focusing on how they can deliver better services to the public, whatever services they may be, whether that's to the community of people with disabilities or to people um, that are coming out of prison or uh, people that have just found barriers to get jobs and training. Yeah. A massive shift, actually, to products that are going into you know, highly contested competitive markets uh, and selling consumer-focused products. So everything from soap to bottled water uh, to handbags to socks, I mean, you name it, mm. there are social enterprises in just about every industry. And more recently, in the next, in the last five years or so, uh, we've seen a massive, massive growth in things like uh, community energy schemes where communities are getting together, raising their own money and organising their own installation of photovoltaics on community buildings, on schools, on colleges, mm. and generating their own power supplies uh, as a way of you know, dealing with climate change on a very local basis, yeah. but also reducing the costs of energy for communities, for schools, for community institutions. Uh, and so there's been some really dynamic shifts taking place in all sorts of different markets. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. So you mentioned a little bit before about spending a, a day in, in the parliament. So what do you believe that other nations can learn from the UK government's approach to social enterprise? Well, first of all, I think there's something that social enterprises can learn from what's happened in the UK. Mm. And that's about getting organised and uh, being yeah. ambitious about uh, what you can achieve when you engage with government and try and create uh, kind of policy shifts. Mm. And in the UK, a couple of things that have happened more recently, I guess, over the last five years. Uh, one would be the Social Value Act, which puts uh, a mandatory obligation on anyone spending public money to do so uh, with consideration for the social and environmental impacts mm. uh, that those spending decisions have. And, you know, traditionally all over the world, when governments spend money, they, they do so on the basis of they will buy whatever is cheapest, as long as quality, uh, some level of quality exists. Yeah. Ultimately, it's a, a competition around price. Uh, what we've done here in the UK with the Social Value Act is to, is to shift that and say, we need to think about whole value. We need to think about the quality of work uh, for people working within the businesses that are delivering uh, public contracts. Mm. We need to think about the environmental impacts. We need to think about training, apprenticeships for young people, uh, inclusion, the diversity of workforces, pay ratios, the tax status of those companies delivering government contracts, and actually built a, a compelling argument that when governments spend money, and around the world, they spend about a third of all money in circulation. Now, this is a mm. big, big deal yeah. uh, that they have to do so thinking about the wider consequences of, of who they spend money with and how those contracts are delivered. Mm. The, other, the other area, really, that I think has been really interesting is social enterprises, because of their very nature, sometimes struggle to access uh, the right forms of capital to allow them to grow and expand. And so the development of a, you know, quite... A dynamic social investment market here in the UK uh, is something else that's been quite catalytic in helping social enterprises to grow and expand. Mm. And uh, that money has come partly from private sources, yep. but it's also come from a government initiative, uh, which was uh, kind of pioneered uh, yep. and thought through in around 2008. 
and, and came to pass in around 2012. And that's called Big Society Capital. Yep. Uh, and I'm privileged to be on the board of the Big Society Trust, which oversees that institution. And that provides wholesale capital to social investors mm. who then pass that money on to social enterprises and charities to, to grow and expand. Mm. Uh, and really everything in, that we've achieved in the UK over the last 15 years is about understanding the ecosystem, the whole system that needs to be in place to really, really propel and catalyze the growth of, of social business. Very interesting. Some really outstanding initiatives there. And interestingly enough, when I've asked other interviewees on Impact Boom, a lot of them have pointed towards the UK as a leader in the social enterprise space. So if I was to put that question to you, Peter, beyond the UK, what countries do you believe are really leading the charge when it comes to social innovation? And what are they doing that countries such as Australia or other countries around the world could use and adopt? So I think we can be uh, kind of overindulged around kind of social innovation. Mm. Uh, in the UK, uh, we've, we've made a lot of progress. Uh, we've had about 15 or 20 years of constant policy initiatives that have supported the growth and development of social enterprises. Yeah. But against that backdrop, we've got growing poverty, growing homelessness, growing inequality. We've got a health and social care crisis. Our education system is in crisis. You know, the prospects for young people in this country are not as good as they should be. Yeah. And so although we can be carried away flying the flag and saying, haven't we done well, we have to recognise the context. Uh, and that context is not entirely positive. Mm. Uh, other countries uh, that are really kind of smashing it at the moment. Uh, well, you, you'll know that the UK is formed of four countries that form the United yeah. Kingdom. And Scotland has its own government. And Scotland for the last uh, five, six, seven years has been really, really driving uh, the mm. growth of social enterprise in a way that makes me, based in London in England, quite envious. Yeah. They've got a 10-year social enterprise strategy. Uh, they believe in social enterprise as an economic model, mm. not just as a handy way to deliver services to the public, sometimes on, on a more cost-efficient basis. They believe in building a socially enterprising economy, and Scotland is smashing it at the moment. Uh, we've also seen some great initiatives uh, emerge in places like South Korea, uh, e, uh, Asia, both South Asia and East Asia, mm. is really, really beginning to adopt a whole host of pro-social enterprise policies. So in South Korea, they have a government institution called the Social Enterprise Promotion Agency. And the Korean government uh, have put uh, some really, really significant investment into building the social enterprise ecosystem there. Mm. Uh, very much community driven. We've seen similar initiatives happen in places like Sri Lanka. Uh, you know, Bangladesh has a, a rich, proud history in uh, building uh, social enterprises at scale. Yeah. So uh, there's some great big social enterprises in Bangladesh right now. BRAC is one of the largest department stores in Bangladesh, and it's a social enterprise. Mm. Um, we've seen in Italy uh, a long, proud heritage of social cooperatives. In Spain, Mondragon, in yeah. uh, the Basque country uh, of Spain, uh, have have been doing Smashed some incredible it. work yeah. over a very difficult economic period mm. um, and so what we really see is not necessarily countries forging ahead we certainly see some cities uh, forging ahead and we see parts of the social enterprise community really driving progress so this is often happening at a grassroots level as much as it's happening at a nationwide or country level Detroit in the United States has experienced some terrible hardship mm. and community activists have taken the notion of social enterprise 
and have started, you know, really rebuilding uh, Detroit from the bottom up using social enterprise models. Yeah. And so there are hotspots from Auckland to Detroit. Melbourne's a good place, uh, you know, and it's not necessarily associated with what's happening at national government. It's as much about community activists understanding the power of enterprise mm. to create long-term sustainable change and not just win kind of political rights, yep. but take economic power to fuel uh, kind of social justice. And uh, you can see uh, some great innovations happening in just about every part of the world right now. Some great examples there. You've seen a lot of social entrepreneurs grow and expand uh, in your time and, and obviously been part of a lot of those as well, Peter. So what do you believe are the fundamental ingredients of budding social entrepreneur needs to get out there and launch something which makes an impact? So all of my knowledge and experience is, you know, like enthusiasm, passion, mm. um, and, uh, a handle on the finances. These are all critical things. But yep. fundamentally, the two things that you've got to get right is price and quality mm. because people will not buy your products, however socially inspiring they might be, yep. if your quality is rubbish or you're just way too expensive. Yep. So you need to have a competitive offer. And social enterprises that fail fall into the trap of thinking that whilst they're smashing it in terms of social innovation and having great stories about transforming lives, they don't have a, a compelling price and quality proposition. Mm. So get the price and the quality right, and then the value add, the competitive advantage, comes in the social narrative that can be built around those uh, products and services. So, Peter, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently, perhaps locally? I mean, you've just mentioned a whole range of really interesting initiatives internationally. But locally, which ones have you seen which are really creating some great positive social change? Goodness. Well, I, I referenced uh, the growth of community energy schemes. Yep. Um, and I think that has uh, an opportunity to be replicated right across the world. Mm. Um, communities have been crowdfunding their own money through issues like community shares. Yep. So raising uh, quite substantial sums of capital, uh, but not by going to an investor or an institution, but by collectively coming together and putting in small amounts of money, mm. uh, raising the capital, and then greening their communities with heat pumps, yep. uh, PV, photovoltaics, uh, wind turbines up in Scotland, mm. uh, and actually taking back control of the energy infrastructure and building sustainability, resilience, local jobs, apprenticeships, uh, and becoming masters of their own destiny. I think that is genuinely something that can happen at a global scale. Mm. Um, and I think that's very, very inspiring. We're seeing lots and lots of millennials that are coming from kind of a whole range of academic interests and disciplines, from pharmaceutical and engineering, and going, you know what, I don't believe that, you know, business can any longer be done in the way that it previously has. And so we're seeing some very dynamic, mm. highly skilled social entrepreneurs emerge in just about every industry and say, whether it's pharmaceuticals, whether it's engineering, whether it's health, medicine, just saying, you know what, I'm going to start a business, but I'm going to start it and structure it in a fundamentally different way. Mm. I want to do well, but I want to do well in such a way that everyone else benefits too. And I think that's what is really powering my energy at the moment. And so uh, there's been a lot of growth in consumer-facing products. So, you know, as I've said, everyday items that you, you buy and you take for granted that, yeah. that often actually have a negative impact on our world mm. being uh, kind of reimagined. 
So you'll you'll probably be familiar with Daniel Flynn uh, in Australia. Thank you. Uh, with ThankYou.co. Yeah. I mean, like I met him when he was like I don't know nineteen or something, and you know I just wish I just wish I could have achieved half of what he has already achieved. Mm. There are so many individual inspiring stories. I think we're beginning to see people that are really really tech savvy become very disruptive and think about how technology can really transform uh, people's lives. I, I met uh, a company that's run by people that are deaf, actually, and they've uh, developed a, a really portable way of taking sign language with them. So when they go into mm. a shop or they go to a GP practice or a doctor's appointment, yeah. they rather than have an interpreter with them, they can just take a tablet and have their own community sign for them uh, and um, communicate much more effectively with people that don't have sign language as a first or second language. Yeah. And so it's hard to pick where the energy and the dynamism is coming from because yeah. I really see it. it it's it's happening. This is a quiet revolution, Tom. Mm, it's it's a really exciting sector to be involved in, and and just feel infused hearing you talk about you know so many really great initiatives. So to finish off, Peter, what books would you recommend to our listeners? Ah, uh, well, I'm very fortunate in my uh, kind of global travels to have made some incredible friends around the world, and so I have to show you. Uh, an email that I actually received at about three o'clock this morning. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just so inspired by this man. I've had the fortune of traveling around the world with him on several occasions. Mm. And I'm really proud to call him a, a friend, actually. And uh, Mohammed Yunus, uh, who oh. Nobel Peace Prize winner, yeah. um, has just published a new book. So uh, I don't know if you can see this, but uh, A World of Three Zeros. Mm. And it's Mohammed Yunus's new book, which is being launched in London uh, in a couple of weeks. If you read Banker to the Poor, his original book, you can't fail to be inspired by mm. the, 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 the wisdom and the insights and, uh, you know, the entrepreneurialism that, that Eunice has shown us. He's mm. got a new book coming out. You've got to read that. The thing for me is there are lots and lots of books about social enterprise. You know, if you do a Google search on social enterprise books, you will see that there are probably 20 or 30, 40, 50, 100 out there. Yeah. Um, I think the ask that I would have is be informed about the economic structural changes, the system changes we need to create. So read up on issues like inequality, mm. the causes of poverty, uh, power, politics, uh, wealth distribution, tax systems. Understand the scale of the problem that we are facing mm. and set about not only creating social enterprise products which can uh, create a, a degree of change, but as social entrepreneurs and as social enterprise leaders, we have a responsibility to fix the system, not just develop new products. Mm, absolutely. Peter, that's a fantastic note to finish on. So thank you so much for your very generous insights today and for sharing your time. We'll very much look forward to following your journey as things continue and we'll be in touch in the future. Tom, I'm looking forward to arriving in Melbourne in uh, two, three weeks time. Uh, I'm gonna come and see my sister. And of course, uh, Social Enterprise World Forum happening in Christchurch in a couple of weeks, which is going to be incredible, the biggest one that we've managed to convene so far. And then, of course, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the UK will be hosting the Social Enterprise World Forum next year. So, Tom, uh, you've got no excuse. Uh, <laughs> um, I know you can't make it this year because you've got a kid on the way. Yep. Uh, but next year, I expect to see you in Edinburgh, and it's the UK's uh, turn to put on the world's social enterprise dialogue and party. I'll certainly look forward to it. Thanks very much again, Peter. Much appreciated. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.